Hi, listeners, and welcome to My Holland Update. I'm Marianne Manderfield, Public Information Coordinator for the city, and today our guest is Dave Coster, General Manager for the Holland Board of Public Works. Hi, Dave. Welcome. Thank you, Marianne. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, this is your first one. It is. Yeah, right. absolutely. Looking forward to it. Good. And today we're going to talk about snowmelt, yeah. which the energy park is really the driving force behind the snowmelt system in, in Holland. It is today, obviously. It's been in our in our community for many, many years, but with Holland Energy Park, it gives us a lot of opportunities. So it's really kind of an exciting thing. Yeah, and it's been here since 1988. Correct. So it, it, with Through a couple changes yes. and several expansions. Yes. Um, give our listeners kind of a broad overview of how it works. Yeah, okay. So if it really, if you look at that system, it's it's unique in that uh, we are able to take waste heat from our power plant. And we've had a power plant in the community for many, many years. Uh, back in 1988, that power plant was the James E. Young plant. Uh, right. And that, that plant is now retired. Mm-hmm. So now with Holland Energy Park, we're actually taking waste heat off from the process of making electricity and utilizing that to heat up the water that goes down through the streets and the sidewalks of downtown Holland. And it uh, actually is is uh, really unique in that aspect because uh, a lot of other communities that might have snowmelt or have to use a boiler to actually make the hot water, and that uses mm-hmm. a lot of extra fuel. So uh, part of the power generation process is just this rejection of heat that happens. And so that we're able to capture that in Holland and, and do it very cost-effectively here. And energy efficient. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, essentially how that how that works, and we invite everybody to come through Holland Energy Park and really check it out um, mm-hmm. firsthand. Uh, but with a power generation process, um, you're making electricity and you're using steam in a steam turbine to make electricity. Mm-hmm. Makes it uh, that, that turbine spin around and make the generator um, produce the electricity. There's a lot of heat that's left over after the turbine does its work. And normally we have to reject that heat to a cooling tower. Uh, and uh, people might see that sometimes as they drive by Holland Energy Park. It's fairly a large structure that sits out kind of near the east end of the property. Uh, sure. But in the winter, instead of utilizing that, we can take some of that water and reject the heat underneath the streets and sidewalks there. And how, how hot is that water that runs underneath the sidewalk? It's actually only 95 degrees. Okay. And so, um, yeah, people find that kind of interesting that it, it only takes 95-degree water right. to do that. So, mm-hmm. But one of the reasons is because um, it's designed that way with tubes underneath the streets and sidewalks that are about an inch in diameter, these okay. tubes are. They're like PEX tubing. So if, right. if you might have done some work in your house with plumbing and you want to use PEX tubing, it's kind of this fairly flexible plastic tubing. Uh, it's only an inch in diameter, but it's only spaced about six inches apart. So that gives a lot of heat in that particular area, and okay. it's designed to try to make the surface of the sidewalk or streets about 42 degrees. So it's just, just enough right. to melt snow. Right. So it's not going to, like, melt your soles of your shoes right. or anything you like that. You don't want to walk barefoot. No, ab- no <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't don't take that for granted that you can right. just do that. It's right. still pretty cold yet. Right. Still yeah. need your shoes on. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And now, is there a point, a temperature point, where it doesn't necessarily work or work as efficiently? Because we... It can get obviously really cold here in Holland, sub zero. Right. right. Two two things about that. When they were looking at the system, um, 
part of being able to use just the waste heat from the plant meant that there was a certain limitation on how hot that water was going to be coming out of the plant. Sure. And that's where the 95-degree point kind of comes in. Okay. But along with 95 degrees, that means that certain conditions in the wintertime are going to be very tough to continue to melt snow. Mm-hmm. So if it's under, say, 15 and 10 degrees, somewhere in okay. that range, or if there's a really, really uh, good amount of wind blowing, mm. uh, then you're going to dissipate that heat pretty quickly that's okay. coming from the, the water. And it makes it tougher then to keep that temperature at like f- just above 40 degrees on the surface. Sure. So the snow might have um, a chance to stick for a little bit. The system always recovers, and in most conditions it does just fine, but there are some extreme conditions. And, that, and people wonder about that. Is that a problem with the system? Is it not working well? It's working as designed, um, but it just was designed for most conditions, not all conditions. Sure. And if I remember correctly, last year when we went through that week of the polar vortex, it still worked pretty well. It did. It did. And one of the things that we found, I think, with the system, too, is, um, you know, starting early, uh, in terms of getting heat in the ground from the the, the loops of bring, bringing that water okay. there, even if the snow isn't isn't falling at that time, okay. helps to provide kind of a uh, an inertia, so to speak. Oh, sure. It just keeps that ground warm, and so when that snow does come, it has a much better chance of of keeping up with it. And with Howland Energy Park and the way it's designed now, um, we can actually start that pretty early in the season. And, and this year we had to start it sure. pretty early in the season because <laughs> we got some snow right. pretty early. But right. uh, yeah, we try to. Stay Stay ahead of that. And, and, and the other thing that, that uh, is interesting about the design is that we, we want the water to actually like go down underneath the sidewalks and underneath the streets. So a lot of streets have um, an asphalt that's not porous. You want the water to kind of like skim off to the, the side. Okay. And you don't want the water to get below the street because if it freezes just below the street, you'll get a lot of potholes and, oh, and sure. heaving of the, of the street. Well, it never freezes on the streets that, that are snow melted, and so actually that water seeps down through there. That's really good for uh, preventing stormwater runoff, you know, which okay. goes to the lake. Right. But it also provides a very wet area right underneath the streets and sidewalks, which actually helps the conduction of that um, of that temperature from the tubes up to the street. So later in the year, kind of as okay. the system's been running for a while, mm-hmm. it actually seems to perform a little bit better kind okay. of as the year goes on. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. Yeah, it is things that we've stuff, learned about it yeah, over the like years. Yeah, stuff like that you don't really think about. No, and, and I think the engineers, even when they build it, there you know there are certain things that kind of came from practical experience rather than theoretical. You know, sure. This is how it's going to work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've learned a lot. Sure. Now, and one of the things too doesn't just heat water, but it provides district heat. Yeah, it's so really tell us about an that interesting opportunity. Um, you know, because of the amount of area that we cover in the city. Uh, we're passing by a few different uh, facilities that um, we've looked at for the potential of taking the um, snowmelt water and actually using it not directly to provide heat, but what okay. it does is it provides uh, an input to a heat pump. So okay. a heat pump is, is a device that is used in a lot of houses and actually in a lot of businesses where it takes groundwater usually at about 50 degrees and it converts that into heat. You can actually bring heat out of a 50-degree water source, believe it or not. Wow. Um, so with snowmelt water, it's going out at 95 degrees, mm-hmm. and once it's done its work of sn- melting the snow, it's coming back to the, the power plant at about 75 degrees. Well, 75-degree water is really good yet for being able to drive a heat pump, and it does it even more efficiently than groundwater would. So what we've done at the Civic Center, the newly remodeled Civic Center, is uh, we're actually taking the the return leg there, that 75-degree water, and putting it through a heat pump there, 
And so we're getting very efficient. A heat pump itself is very efficient, mm-hmm. but driven with 75-degree water makes it even more efficient. Okay. Uh, and so we're, we're actually getting very good performance in terms of an energy source for heating that building. And we're also doing that at the uh, Holland Energy Park itself in the administrative areas of the building. We're using that snowmelt water to drive, drive a heat pump there as well. So that's just an opportunity for us to learn whether sure. or not there's other ways that we can use some of this waste heat from the power production cycle. And actually, with Hall Energy Park, we've really grown that potential um, from what the original system was. Uh, we could actually expand it with this new plant about five times what was the original system before Hall Energy Park was built. Wow. So we could either put that into snowmelt or okay. possibly in a combination of snowmelting and some and some building heating where that makes sense. That's quite a bit. I mean, absolutely. That's quite a big potential expansion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, one of the reasons is people think about that um, and they ask the question, well, this plant is bigger than James DeYoung plant, but I also thought it was more efficient. So why do you have more waste heat, you know, available if it's more if it's a more efficient plant? And and the reality is is that at the James DeYoung plant, we were only taking snowmelt off from one of the generators that was there. It was actually our smallest one. Okay. It was about a ten megawatt uh, generator that at that plant. Well, this plant here uh, at Holland Energy Park has about a 50-megawatt steam turbine uh, in addition to the combustion turbines that are there. So it's actually a much bigger steam turbine that we're taking the waste heat from, and that's what gives us all this additional heat capacity for the snowmelt system. Okay. Yeah. And you had mentioned earlier people can see it firsthand. So this month the Energy Park is offering a couple free tours Yes. A of couple free tours yeah, at the try, end of the month. Correct. So. Trying to get people over the um, holidays when kids are out of school. Sure. Uh, get them a chance to get into the plant. You know, when we built the power plant, uh, it was really a big community effort to do that and uh, a lot of goals that were put in place. Uh, building a ro- world-class resource, number one goal for us, but enhancing that eastern gateway to our community mm-hmm. um, and the architectural elements of the plant and the site plan and the park area is a way to do that. Uh, but we've also created a destination out of the facility. Mm-hmm. And inside the plant, there's a whole area inside the red spine. So if you drive by and you see this red spine kind of running from east to west, that actually has a visitor center in it. And it's actually uh, what we would call Energy Alley. And there's a lot of interactive exhibits, fun exhibits there where people can come learn about their role in this larger energy equation. You know, our community has a 40-year community energy plan. Right. And so we're all working to try to not only produce energy efficiently, but use it as efficiently as possible. So we really work hard to try to connect with the community and our customers, bring them in to learn about energy and their role in the bigger picture. And so we're going to do that later this month. We'll have those tours available for you at that time, uh, later in the month. And that, that I have been through that visitor center. It really is pretty incredible. It's very hands-on. It's very interactive. Um, it shows you exactly how snowmelt works in terms of the other, also the other operations within the energy park. It's for young kids and adults. It's yeah. fascinating. There's a lot of different learning styles out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different age groups um, and what people would be interested in, you know, how they want to interact, you know, whether they want to just reach out and touch something and, and figure out how that works or crank a crank on a generator. Maybe they want to read a lot of the history and a lot of the information that's on plaques. It's all there. And then right. there's also these views into the power plant in a very safe way. So we've got these windows, four windows along the spine that you can look into the process process and actually see the equipment in there. So it's a wonderful experience. Um, We worked with educators from around the community. We worked with um, 
personnel from Holland Museum and Windmill Island as well who regularly have visitors come sure. in. And they helped us design what that experience mm-hmm. is. And, and we've had, oh, I think we've had well over uh, 5,000 visitors now okay. uh, to the to the facility and the time that it's been open. And a lot of school groups, a lot of community groups. And so we invite everybody to come out and find out. This is a community-owned resource. And, sure. and the BPW is your community um utility provider and so you know we want to make sure that the community has a chance to really experience the facility and um, learn a little bit about energy and their role so they can go to um board of public works website to they register could do that for those yeah but uh as more directly they could actually go to hollandenergypark.com okay um com is a special website that was created it allows you to actually go right in and see what is going on in the various exhibits that are there, too, so you can get a little bit of a preview to your visit. It allows you to um, schedule a tour, and so you'll have information about those um, open periods of time that are coming up uh, later this month. If you can't make one of those, but you have a group in the community that um, maybe has an interest, maybe it's a, a scout group or maybe it's a school group or whatever it might be, a church group, um, you can actually go online and, and request a okay. tour as well. That's great. Uh, to know. Hannah, Hannah Maiko is our visitor center and education coordinator. Okay. And uh, she's there to help um, work with whoever wants to come in. And, and a lot of the school groups that come in, not only do they go up into the visitor center, but they also um, often spend time in our, our training room and uh, maybe do a lesson plan with the students or you know learn a little bit additional information okay. and let the kids do something maybe hands-on even. So it's a real good interactive experience mm-hmm. for anybody that wants to come visit. Great. So HollandEnergyPark.com for That's that. That's correct, yeah. And if somebody necessarily didn't want to go out in the weather but they wanted to view it from inside, they could go to the webcams that we have. Absolutely. And, and MyHollandCam.CityOfHolland.com uh, actually has a number of webcams on them, and, and one of those is actually looking uh, right down uh, 8th Street, and so that's a great view of what's going on, and you can find out whether it's a good time to go down and do some right. shopping this uh, this winter season. Um, usually it is, and like I right. said, in most conditions, you'll be able to walk those sidewalks and uh, uh, you know go enjoy those shops in, in, uh, in, in, a, in a way that doesn't allow you or doesn't make you put on really heavy boots right. and things like that, which right. is good. Yeah. And another benefit I know uh, for the community is is the running community and the walking community. I know it's allowed um, people at Freedom Village to get out and take walks. And I know group running groups around have you know have got a clear path where they don't necessarily have to worry about the weather. They can get out and run and walk. In a yeah. safe environment. I think it's been very strategic and, and very good for the community, how it's been built out. And, there, and it's created a lot of interesting networks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the benefits, like you mentioned, are great for mobility. Um, when you look at uh, walking and jogging, mm-hmm. you know, we now have a continuous path that goes down to Evergreen Commons. So all right. the way down there, you can walk along Central Avenue into the core downtown area. Uh, we continue to add additional sidewalks. This year there's work going on on 7th Street, um, but the entirety of 8th Street really kind of between Columbia and all the way down to the Farmer's Market area by the Civic Center, you know, that is all mm-hmm. uh, snow melted, both the streets and the sidewalks right. in those areas. And and together, you know, that has provided a, a really good way for people to get around this time of year, mm-hmm. walking pets, you know, walking themselves, jogging, like you mentioned, it's a very joggable uh, area. The other thing I think that is important is um, it's created kind of a destination for the uh, uh, people to come, and that's helped the shop owners downtown. Sure. Another way the shop owners are helped out is, um, you know, you're not dragging in 
the the slush and the uh, salt and things like right. that into the shops. So the cleaning is a lot easier. In our own infrastructure, uh, it helps too. I mean, if you don't have roads that are constantly getting uh, freeze and thaw, uh, they're not heaving up, and so you're not you're having to repa- replace that infrastructure very often. You right. also um, are saving on the pedestals that are there, those uh, light poles. Um, you know, they don't get corroded from all the salt oh, and sure. things like that. So sure. there's just all these little right. benefits that, that people really don't really about. think about right. that come from the fact that, you know, we're keeping that area um, really kind of clean from all the uh, the salt and, and uh, slush and things like that. So right. it's really a r- great network now. And it's been – now. so now with the – 7th Street expansion, it's about five miles. Yeah, right? just over five okay. miles of walkable area. So you could pick a route, um, you know, and, and if you walk a mile even, you know, every day, you have five days a week, you can do a different yeah. route, you know, right, and right. see something different every right. day. Uh, it's pretty incredible that way to have that uh, for our for our community. It really is a, um, a great asset. And, uh, again, because of Holland Energy Park, it, it, it really has improved a lot. I think the other thing that people should know, um, when the old plant was operating, we drew the water right right from Lake Makatawa. Okay. Um, and that meant that you would get along with it some silt and some sediment from time to time. And, um, you know, that could cause issues. These tubes that go okay. the snow melt is, mm-hmm. is uh, carrying that water are very small. And so um, anything that would lay out in a tube could plug up that tube oh, and cause sure. us an area of the system not to really work very well. Well, when we converted over to Holland Energy Park, we actually went through a process of flushing all of those tubes out over, um, you know, really a summer uh, okay. that we went and spent that time doing that. We also changed a lot of the valves out and renewed that. I mean, back to 1988, it's been what 30 plus years now right. and so it was time right. to address some of those valves and now the system is running very clean and very smooth because the water is not coming from the lake anymore it's a closed loop system um and so it doesn't add any sediment or any silt. Yeah, yes you don't have anymore. any of that issue now with the new new energy park and not only that we have the increased size so there's a growth potential that's there so a lot sure. of ways the operation is better um, we've also increased the efficiency of the pumps that are moving the water out of the, the plant. So it's interesting. People wonder what's the operating cost of the system. Right. And uh, the reality is is that most of the cost of the system is building it out the first time, You know, okay. putting all the tubes in the, the ground. The energy is pretty much free because mm-hmm. it's waste heat. Um, the only ex- new energy that we're putting into it is pumping, you know, the electricity okay. that we sure. use to, to run the pumps. And those um, actually are much more efficient with the new plant and can regulate up and down with the demand of the system so we can actually operate at a very efficient point, which helps the cost of the system in the right. long run, too. Right. Dave, is there anything that would surprise people about the snowmelt system that they don't know that... Sure. Well, I think, uh, you know, one of the things for me, you know, uh, having operated the system for a while, uh, I never was really sure, you know, how, how far this heat was getting into the system, you know, the 95 mm-hmm. degree water going out. Uh, at the far ends of our system now, we have, uh, again, these lines going all the way down to uh, Evergreen Commons and all through the, the city, all the way over to the, the Civic Center area. You know, what's the temperature as it goes through the system? Are we losing a lot? Sure. There's these large transmission mains that carry the water. And then the tubing that I was talking about, the one-inch tubing, is a much smaller tube that's for the distribution areas. So I was wondering, you know, do we lose a lot all the way down? Well, we actually had a project. uh, Pete Hofswell at the BPW um, was really kind of the... uh, 
uh, person behind this, uh, he, he wanted to figure that out and see if we could create actually um, remote temperature sensing in the uh, in the system. Okay. And so he, he created what's called the smart brick. You may have heard that. Yes. So all of our okay. pavers that are downtown, you know, are shaped, uh, you know, in a certain way. And so Pete actually uh, came, uh, came about some money from a grant from uh, AT&T, actually, and he... Uh, wanted to design in the smart brick technology where we have a temperature sensor built into the brick and uh, we can place that then at different sidewalk locations. Uh, we can create new smart bricks and move them around the, the system. And what we found is that there's very little loss of temperature. It's really uh, pretty really? cool. Yeah, that's pretty I would have thought of going all the way down to, to Evergreen Commons. I think the we were measuring there. We were seeing temperatures closer to about mm, 89 to 90 degrees. So it only lost maybe about five degrees in that's that stretch. That's not much at and all. Not at all. Not at all. So that was one of the most surprising things to me. But it was really cool to have the smart brick technology. So as we're operating the system now, we can kind of see what's happening, not sure. just what the temperature leaving the plan is, but as the wind is blowing harder or the temperature's lower, what happens then to that temperature in right. the brick? You know, are we actually losing a lot through the dissipation of the um, uh, of the the temperature right. uh, through the wind and the in the snow and things like that? So what factors are yeah, kind of affecting yeah. so it'll, it? That'll allow us to operate the system in a better way. Sure. Uh, maybe dial things in a little bit better. So that was kind of an, a real interesting eye opener that really the smart brick technology allowed us to explore. Well, thank you, Dave. Yeah. That's a wealth of information about snowmelt and, and how it works. I would encourage people to sign up for a tour if they haven't been in there already. And if you want to see a video or learn a little bit more, you can go to the website, snowmelt.cityofholland.com. Um, anything else you want to tell our listeners? No, actually, just, uh, you know, hopefully you enjoy it this time of year. We right. don't, you know, as we're recording this right now, there's not snow on the ground, but right. it's right around the corner. It is. And it uh, is. so please get out and, and enjoy this wonderful asset that's in the community. And, and uh, yes, please come down and see us at Holland Energy Park. We'd love to have you there. Great. Well, thanks, Dave. Thank you for your time. Sure. And until next month, this is my Holland Update. <laughs>